Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. My name's Hunter Two. And we are back with another episode all about college baseball. We'll be reviewing uh, our midweek game against Valparaiso, a run rule win in seven innings. Uh, and we'll be previewing our uh, weekend series against Lipscomb. We're back in Starkville for uh, three more games before we hit the road and go to Biloxi. So super excited to talk about those games. Um, four games against uh, lower level teams before we really get started into uh, SEC play, kind of the final tune-up weekend and um, so we're excited to, to bring all these games to you and then also um, close to the end of the episode we'll mention some other big games going on around the country uh, this weekend so um, before we go any further uh, obviously today is uh, Friday morning and we want to start start your Friday off with some motivation um, as we've stated during baseball season we're doing AI motivation artificial intelligence uh, is is providing the motivation for for these episodes so let's start it off start it off it might be the longest um motivational quote um in going for two history it actually undoubtedly is so buckle up here is friday morning ai motivation hello bulldogs you have just won a thrilling overtime game against florida in the sec tournament you have shown your toughness your clutchness and your will to win You've also taken a big step towards securing your spot in the March Madness Tournament. You've shown that you belong among the best teams in the country. But you're not done yet. You still have more games to play in the SEC Tournament. You still have more opportunities to improve your resume and your seating. You still have more chances to make history. You're not here by luck. You are here because you earned it. You're here because you've played hard, played smart, and played together. You're here because because you're Bulldogs. And Bulldogs don't settle for any less than their best. Bulldogs don't rest on their laurels. Bulldogs don't let anyone take away their momentum. Not not true. Uh, Bulldogs fight for every possession, every rebound, and every point. Bulldogs play with passion, pride, and purpose. Oh, you thought that was it? Nope. Um, Bulldogs play as a team, as a family, as a brotherhood. You've already shown that you can beat anyone in this conference. You've already shown that you can win on the road. Uh they have not beaten any everyone in this <laughs> You have already shown that you can bounce back from adversity. Now it's time to show that you can win it all. Don't let anyone doubt you. Don't let anyone stop you. Don't let anyone take away your dream. You have what it takes to be champions. So go out there and play like it. Play like Bulldogs. And follow your coach Chris Jans, who has been who has earned the nickname of the dentist by college basketball insider John Rothstein. <laughs> He is called the dentist because he drills into opponents with his trademark defense. He is called the dentist because he makes them feel pain and discomfort. He's called the dentist because he extracts wins from tough situations. He is the dentist, and he knows how to make you smile. So listen to him, trust him, and respect him. He's the dentist, and he will lead you to glory. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. I couldn't have said it better myself. But I really don't know how it applies to this baseball team. So maybe we'll figure out, you know, there's probably another team playing somewhere on campus. Uh, softball, maybe? I don't know. Who's... Track? Does the basketball team have a dentist <laughs> as their head coach? That seems, seems unqualified. Varied. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Valparaiso. <laughs> um, midweek game, Tuesday night. In Starkville, finally back in Starkville after that uh, brutal three-game three stretch in 
Frisco. Um, last episode, we said that like as we previewed the Valparaiso game, we needed three things to happen. We needed perfect uh, defense. We needed the offense to just... I, I, I think I even said perfect offense as well. I think you said uh, the offense needs to mash. Needs to mash. Okay, okay. Um, so it needs to mash. I, I really just meant like we need double-digit runs. I, I didn't know if the run rule was going to be in effect because this year it's like it can be if the coaches agree on it, it or it can't be, whatever. Um, and I also wanted Bradley Lofton to um, – I think we said six innings, but I really mm-hmm. just wanted him to to – get up there in his pitch count and like get out of his own, his own jams and everything. Um, and man, when I say all three of those things happened that, I mean, that's, a, that was our recipe for the victory. And again, it, it was a game against Valparaiso. Like it's, it's one that you expect to win a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, and early on, it didn't really look great. Um, a lot it, of them it was, looked good. Right. He did. He did. Um, but it was it was scary at first offensively. Like I think we mentioned that we, like it would be great if we could score first. So Bradley Lofton, who's kind of had these command issues, can just focus on throwing strikes. He doesn't have to focus on keeping us in a game like he did against Southern Miss. He just had to focus on throwing strikes and you know, just I mean I don't know, just just get to to the six inning mark. Get I mean just just be effective um, instead of having to to place pitches and be perfect. Um, just. Right, yeah. So, um, offense through the first three innings had six guys left on base. I think we had seven base runners total, but um, there was a double play that kind of erased one. But, yeah, six guys left on base through three innings. Um, and so it was kind of looking like it was just going to be another game, you know, from this past weekend. Like, it, it just it, no timely hitting whatsoever. Like, we were get, being gifted um, runners but through walks, hit by pitches, and we just couldn't get them in. Um, and finally we were able to break that open in the fourth inning. Um, but I, as impressive as the offense was, I expected them to, um, to score double digit runs. I expected, um, you know, us to hit up and down the lineup. Just, just talk me through what you saw from Bradley Lofton and, um, you know, how impressive that was. Yeah. The first two innings, he faced the minimum and, and he, he looked like really good. People were a little upset that he was going full counts. I do not care. He was he was getting guys out and not putting him on base. Yeah, I, I bet the same people the and like the same people probably complained about Ethan Small and he was the best pitcher in the SEC. It, do, it, do, it like doesn't matter just because they're not pitching the contact. That's not right. the sport right now. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. But in the first two innings, I really liked what I was seeing, and then our offense kind of. Kind of got the thing where I was like, oh, it's going to be another one of these games. And you could kind of tell that Lofton was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to be perfect for this one. And then he started just missing pitches like he was just pulling them. And that 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 inning, I think it was third inning, got a little gross. Um, but he got out of it. And then uh, a few, I think it was, what inning did we start? Like, absolutely mashing. <laughs> We scored first in the fourth inning. Yeah, so after that third. I think we had six in that inning. Yeah. yeah. So so he kind of got out of that, and then the offense showed up, and everyone's like, okay, now, now we got to get Lofton out of there so so we don't lose this one. You saw what he looked like before. And then he goes out there, and he is absolutely lights out in the rest of the game. Like, he was legit. Right. Um he gave up two hits on the game. Uh, one of them was, uh, I mean, it, it got just between the uh, 
home plate and the pitcher's mound. I mean, it was just awkwardly placed ball, and he kind of slipped trying to field it. Um, that counted as an infield hit, and then one, uh, I think there was a line drive into left field. But, I mean, the only other base runners were were, um, were walks from him, and, like, that, that we see the command issues, but me and you talked about, like, I mean, he's 18 years old and kind of, Kind of has like a little bit of an anger issue, like, and it's not even anger. It's just like he's amped up. Like, he wants to uh, be good. Like Fox Hall went out there to talk to him, and uh, you wanna give us a yeah. Little um, bit of what there, you saw there, him say? there were some people that um, tried to do the lip reading on it, but I didn't go back and see it. But um, it went with just f and let me pitch um, was said in that mound meeting, and after that he was good. So. Right after after the game, I, I did watch Lamonis's uh, press conference, and somebody asked him about that. Like, do you like having a pitcher that's that animated or that like confident? Or I don't know what word was used, but Lamonis just kind of laughed and was like, "Well, I'd I'd probably rather have like a poker player, like uh, just somebody who doesn't show that much emotion or any at he all." But Jack he's Lider. like, "Right, yeah." So um, I want but, Kuma but in, Rocker. <laughs> but but instead, you get um, JT Ginn and. Uh, Landon Sims and yeah, and now Bradley Lofton. If he can, if he can yeah, live Will, up to those two guys, Will showed his emotions a lot. He did that game against Vanderbilt, and obviously through the whole Omaha. Every run, anytime like, that he was bad, he was like visibly angry. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was thinking about just his best moments. Wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, like, yeah. All of our Christian McLeod. Like right. CMC uh, always looked bad. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Christian McLeod didn't really show emotion, or like, didn't, never showed positive emotion. So like, I saw I just, him smile that one time he got out of that big jam. I don't get behind guys like that, and ultimately he had a better career at Mississippi State than Jackson Fristo did. But Jackson Fristo showed like emotion no matter what the situation. So I was always like behind him. Like I always would pull for Fristo. Um, so yeah, just showing emotion, not a bad I like thing. It from and the and Lamonis didn't. He's probably playing, wasn't like joking about it, right? I mean, he he knows that he's 18 years old and he's gonna have and he's gonna have some sort of thing. learning curve. Like, yeah, like it's and a it, it thing just seemed it. like all of uh, all of Lofton's misses were all like pretty. They were all down, um, and uh, they were just pulling away. He's left-handed. They were going into like towards the right-handed batter's box. So like. When the, when the, all the misses are to one place, I think that's a mechanic fix that you can make. When it's Casey Hunt or Eric Sarantola, like those issues where you don't know where the ball is going as it's coming out of his hand, it, it's that's that's a completely different thing. That's way more mental than it is physical. He did have a um, change in his um, mechanics from the USM game. There used to be really? like a stop at the uh, top of his thing. They took that out. Huh. Okay. Yeah, there were a few people. There, there's like a scout like on jeans page and okay. he was like well, yeah they took that out so that's good <laughs> i really I, I do like watching lofton pitch his put away pitch is definitely like a 88 87 mile an hour change up that um i don't know how it doesn't get barreled i don't understand put away pitches being change ups but if it works it works i mean 11 k's through six innings is no joke um i what did he have five or six walks something like uh, that i think it was five yeah, because that and I mean uh, one was yeah, that, those were early on too. That third inning was probably three of them. Right, I think so. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. It, he, he showed exactly what we kind of said he needed to. And I think moving forward, if Aintema has another uh, bad appearance or two, um, I, I, I think that it's going to be Bradley Lofton kind of competing with Cade Smith for that starting role. And whichever one we don't see win that, um, we're going to, um, yeah, whichever one loses that little battle is going to be found in the bullpen for SEC play. So yeah. um, pretty excited about having one of those two guys starting, one of those two guys uh, hopefully doing some long relief in the pen. So Yeah, I mean, when you – I know our pitching isn't good, but, like, when you look at it and, like, if you don't put in the bad guys, there's there's a decent <laughs> bit of guys that I trust their upside. Right. And <laughs> – and we mentioned the last episode, like, there are guys coming back that could really bolster our bullpen. And, you know, if we can just bridge the gap to get to them. And, like I said, I, I don't know any updates on um, Parker Stanat or Pico. But I have heard that Aaron Nixon and Cade Smith are going to be back probably by the first SEC weekend, which is next weekend. Apparently, so, uh, some of them are going to be back, like, this weekend. Okay. I mean, if I could see some of them in a limited role, I mean, I would, I would, I would be... A lot more confident heading into big games because like um, like i'm gonna go through the thing that i sent you on uh instagram so like our starters uh lou um cade gartman lofton and then relievers mm-hmm. um itma sierra holcomb pico tapper parker and then closers uh dom and nixon like that's a lot of pitchers that i don't absolutely like don't want to see out there right i could trick myself into Okay, this is this is gonna be good. Yeah, I mean, I I think early on I had really really bad emotions when I saw Colby Holcomb coming in. Um, he's six six two fifty by the way, which is a giant pitcher. Yeah. Um, and uh, he like he had a really bad outing against VMI. I think a bad one against ULM as well. Um, but against. Ohio State, he came in and was just the victim of three errors in a row. So obviously, I'm not putting anything um, against him on filling that. up the zone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, doing what he needed to do. And then um, I think this is his best outing yet. He comes in in the seventh inning and probably would have pitched a, like another inning or two, maybe um, if if we hadn't run ruled um, Valparaiso. But he comes in for the seventh inning, gets a one-two-three inning with two strikeouts. I mean, that's. That's as dominant as you can be. Uh, so I was excited to see him finally have just a really clean outing, good defense around him, and everything. So um, hopefully that's that's just another pin, bullpen arm. Yeah, Careful, uh, moving forward. I'm I'm feeling cautiously better uh, about our pitching situation, yeah. just because like I can look around the rest of the SEC except for like three teams and be like, oh okay, they're going through the same thing. Like yeah, I mean. Ole our Miss starters is, and our relievers are better than Ole Miss's statistically right now. Right. I mean, their starting pitching is, is I think, worse than the SEC Ole Miss's is. Um, the and thing I know they're going to turn around, so why can't we? Like, yeah, the thing that's keeping Ole Miss, like, I'm not going to say keeping them afloat because I know they're a great team, but like the thing that has prevented them from dropping stupid games like we have is their defense. They yeah. have committed three errors on the year um, because they have a veteran infield um and and i've really good outfielders too but um yeah we've committed three errors in games probably four or five times already this year um, yeah. and they've committed three all year so i mean that's 
just playing clean baseball really does win games when when your pitching isn't where it should be. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what we had for the pitching. I mean, only two pitchers, and that's kind of rare for a midweek game. But like I said, I mean, Bradley Lofton, every time he goes out there in a midweek, he's he's trying to prove himself um, to to be a bullpen arm or to be a, a weekend arm. Excuse me, um, and he he did just that. I mean, that was a that was a really really gutsy performance um, especially early on when we didn't have a commanding lead yeah. I, I but, was uh, I was really glad to see that from Lofton I like him yeah and I was I was just really glad to see that the coaching staff would let him you know kind of stretch that to maybe close to 90 pitches I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. if not a little over 90 but uh yeah so uh, obviously pitching was good um had that had a had the, the scary first three innings for the offense, but obviously that came around too. We we won the game twelve to two, um, and every starter on offense, everybody in the lineup got a hit, at least one in the game. Um, and anytime you can say that, I mean, you know, it's, it's been a good night for the offense. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a few guys, and Hunter, I'll let you finish this out uh, for the Valpo game. But uh, Bryce Chance is just continuing to be a really really solid hitter. Um, you know, he, he moved up to the three hole again for this game, which he kind of bounced between the three and seven spots. Um, and whereas hitting has obviously been good and really consistent, what I'm starting to see more and more is his base running. He's turning uh, like first to third situations or scoring from first on um, balls hit to the outfield, just getting really good reads on them. And I mean, that's just something you can't really, I don't really know that you can teach. That's just him taking his spot and running with it. Um, when there's a guy named Dakota Jordan who is really, really highly recruited um, that, that's sitting there waiting for him to slip up, and he just won't. Um, so Bryce in this game, he reached base three times. Um, uh, two, I thought it was two hits and a walk. Uh, he had two RBIs. Um, he scored twice, and he stole a base in this game. So, I mean, he's just doing it all offensively. And, you know, he's obviously serviceable in left field too. I mean, there's no glaring issues there. Um, and finally, we did see Luke Hancock come around. Two doubles, two walks. Um, one was to the right center field gap. One was down the left field line. Um, I mean, that's that's Luke Hancock at his finest. Just yeah. finding gaps, just hitting the ball all across the field. That is what we want to see and really all that we've been asking for. I mean, um, Can he be my three-hole hitter? Yeah, I I like him. Not with the bases loaded. I, I, I like him without two outs. Yes, yes. <laughs> he can, because like, I know we've we've dogged on him for the strikeouts, but I I don't think that's going to be the the common thing for him. Productive outs are his thing. Yeah, and like, whether it's 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 the uh, him in the four spot and with his eye that he has, like he like he he walks a, a ton. And yeah, like I get up to my four hole hitter, and he walks, and I'm like, okay, now like Dakota, like not even Dakota, like I have to trust like Slate. Hunter Hines, yeah, or Slate Alford, and I'm like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I get that. I mean, even if he was in the two hole, we've had Colton come up with the bases loaded a lot, and like a bases loaded walk, shoot, I'll take that, and then maybe Colton. I don't know. Spot. I don't. It's weird because we don't have a cleanup hitter right now, and we have like yeah. eight guys that should be cleanup hitters. Right. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, the, they'll obviously be tinkering in the in the order probably all throughout the year. Like, I know in 2021, other than like a really weird spot where Scotty DeBrule was um, like the nine hole hitter. What? Scotty was leadoff for a while. Yeah, but, but he was like. Uh, he was like a nine hole hitter at one point. I guess I guess it ended up with him being like probably seventh and then Kellum eighth and Lane ninth. But I mean it wasn't, we, at, wasn't Scotty up like fifth? Was he? I that might actually make sense. I think he was. He he yeah. got pretty high up there towards the end. Because Kellum right, okay. Kellum was eight, Lane was nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know who was seven. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I I just feel like for the most part, like, I mean, you knew Rowdy was gonna be one, TA was gonna be two, um, Logan Tanner was gonna be like fifth or sixth. I mean, we everybody had their three. roles. Yeah, came three. Right, yeah, um, everybody had their roles, and like, after a certain point, like, we just didn't touch it because it was just working, and we were twenty and ten in the SEC. We were, we were an incredible team. Now it's like. Every game is going to be different. Bryce Chance might be bouncing between the three-hole and seven-hole every single game. We just don't know. Um, but, obviously, we've, I've talked about Bryce, talked about Luke. Who else did we see that kind of popped off in this game? Um, yeah, Hunter and Kellum went back-to-back. Uh, Hunter Hines hit a ball higher than it was far, and this ball went 446 <laughs> feet or something. Um, Jeez. So that's crazy. Um Still not further than Nico's, even though people try to say it. Yeah, it, it went very, very high, it looked like. Yeah. Just just goofy. And then after all of that stopped, Kellum just knocks one. Yeah. <laughs> and it looked like every Kellum home run I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just I like... want to see Kellum's spray chart for home runs. <laughs> yeah. It's Dude, that, a... one in, that one in Frisco was crazy. That like, that's the farthest towards center field he's ever hit one, right? <laughs> I I don't think he doesn't do oppo home runs no. at all. Mm-mm. And Hunter Hines is even less oppo than that. I mean, his are like right down the line every time. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, they both got their nice home runs. Um, the, it, it was good to see. Um, like like my twin towers right there, and then yeah. um, the 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 freshman sighting of David Mershon was exhilarating um right his his first at bat he smoked a ball and it was a double play and then the next time he came up he put down a bunt like wasn't squaring for it just just knocked one down ran it out it was like a softball hit (laughs) like and and he didn't stop after that um right he he was just good he's fast heads up base running uh, perfect and like he didn't get many chances in the field because Lofton was dealing, but like right. the left the one, side of our infield is so fast right now. The one time I saw him get a get a an attempt at defense, it was a play that like kind of looked like a shortstop play, which he looked comfortable doing that because he was a shortstop all throughout high school. Um, and you know, college baseball teams are always going to be full of players who are shortstops in high school, so. Like it's not an uncommon thing, uh, but this is like his some of his first chances to play third base, and so um, I just think anytime he can look comfortable doing it, it's a it's a good sign whether it was like a shortstop kind of play or not. So there um, was one that was like a 
pretty far play for both of them. And like him or Lane could have done it, could have gotten it. And right. It was just like, ooh, that's that's fun. I, yeah. I don't I don't really have to think about which one I want to get that ball. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah, the you, I know you said you mentioned his heads up base running. I think there was like a line drive to left field. They went like straight to the left fielder, um, but I mean he got down for a hit and he was on first base and got got they went first to third on that play, like right in front of the outfielder. Um, so anytime stuff like that happens, just hustle plays like just like Bryce Chance, like he's fighting for a spot over Slate. That I mean, as he's Playing like this, and I know this is one midweek game against Valparaiso, but like stuff like that's going to keep you in a lineup. Um, and it, it was just kind of funny seeing on the same field uh, Colby Holcomb, who's 6'6", 250, and then David Mershon, who's 5'7", like 165. Um, Thank you for saving me by calling him short and saying he's 5'7", instead of 5'8". I think he might be 5'8". He's literally 5'8". <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, it's re- it was really good to see him. Right now, I think, I mean, again, I know it was one midweek game. Slate's had good games, too. Um, so, David Mershon, I, I would be, mm, I'm not going to say I'm going to be shocked if he's not starting on Friday because uh, Lamonis is wacky. But um, I, I think we'll definitely see some more of him this weekend. So, um Right now, before we preview against uh, preview our game against Lipscomb, though, I did want to kind of mention what me and you had talked about, like the best lineup right now, which I think is going to be the big deal moving forward with the season. Like, there's no like uh, giving the veterans like the benefit of the doubt. Like, I think it's just ride the hot hand while you have it, and then when they cool down, just replace them quick. Um, we kind of saw us do that in center field last year with Jess Davis. Um, uh, I think Mesh, like Meshy, he got some some spot, some time in center field. Last Cam year James wasn't moved. Real, my God. <laughs> Cam James moved to center field. Just a just a freak show out there. But anyway, um, right now I think like this weekend we should see Bryce Chance, Colton Ledbetter, and Kellum Clark in the outfield from left to right, and then in the infield David Rashawn, Lane, Amani, and Luke. Uh, Ross catching and Hunter DHing. If you wanted to go matchups and have a right-handed DH instead of Hunter, um, I mean, there's several options. We have Slade Offer. We have Aaron Downs. We have Connor Hijack. We have Dakota Jordan. I mean, he's he's been a starter all year. And, and you can still kinda... do the thing where Luke can catch, like, like you you can still like do that if like it's good matchups. Like, right, you, you can yeah. do it. Uh, and, and we do have some left-handed options not um, that aren't uh, Hunter Hines, like the the power hitter Von Siebert, um, who who definitely didn't just watch three strikes the other day when he got his pinch hit appearance. Um, Where were you when Nate Chester walked off Valpo? <laughs> it's just bizarre. Future trivia um, question. Um. So yeah, I I think that's what what we're at right now. That's our that's our ideal lineup. And whatever order they put him in, like I, I don't know. As long as Amani's hitting first, um, and Lane's hitting ninth, I don't I don't really care what goes on in between that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. You got anything yeah. else? No, not forward? really. All right. 
mean, that was, that was we don't event. we don't have much to say about Lipscomb, um, but y'all the good probably news don't is, want to hear it. Yeah, the good news is this is our last week of like um, lower level teams before we get into SEC play. It's our final tune up week, um, and so hopefully we'll have like better quote-unquote scouting reports moving forward because um, we're starting to play good teams in games that actually matter. So um, Lipscomb, uh, they are 5-8 and eight on the year. They have series wins uh, over Notre Dame and Illinois Chicago. Um, so those were their first two series of the, of the year. And, yeah, I mean, they started off the season really strong, but they're since on a six-game losing streak. They've lost – a midweek to Tennessee Tech. They got swept by Auburn and then lost back-to-back midweeks this week to Georgia Tech and Belmont. Um, so just kind of on a rough skid right now. And, you know, who knows? They may be due, but they may just, I don't know. Yeah. That's they a tough may just schedule. See, that really is really tough. I mean, I know you may not know much about Belmont, but, I mean, that's a – like a crosstown rivalry. They're both Nashville schools, so like I'm sure like, there's some that that lost streak that they're on. All of those are like pretty Right. I mean <laughs> Tennessee Tech is is no slouch and then you have a weekend series against a team that went to Omaha last year and then Georgia Tech who's like usually like a national seed, so or top sixteen at least. Um so yeah, I mean that that's a really tough stretch and now they get to be awarded uh, by coming to Starkville um, to play in a launch pad, which might not be the worst thing for them because as it sits right now, uh, they're 15th in the country in home runs out of 300-plus teams. Uh, they've got 25 on the year. Uh, that's tied with Arkansas and with Tennessee. Um, they've got five different players on their roster who have four home runs apiece. So, I mean, up and down the lineup, they've got guys that can hit, uh, hit for power, Um Couple guys on their team have uh, over 300 average, but um, you know, I as I told Hunter, like I don't remember the pl- offensive players that I usually say, so I figured nobody else does either. Yeah. Um, so, got our pitching matchups, or at least what we think they're gonna be. If you want to hit Friday, then we can just kind of alter. Yeah. Um, while I'm doing this, please look at Snapchat for what I sent you. Um, okay. So Friday they will be throwing Michael Dunkelberger. Um. He's a left-handed pitcher, and he will be going against Gerangelo Sanja. Um, he played two years in JUCO, second-year starter for Lipscomb. This year, he's off to an 0-2 start with a 7.9 ERA, but last year he finished 7-2 with 3.45 ERA. Struck out, uh, struck out four times as many as he walked. Might touch 90 with his fastball. Kind of sounds like another crafty lefty, but uh, yeah. at some point we got to hit him, so... Right. I, I I like Durangelo. I think think I, I know we have the plus in this one. Right. Um I got to. So yeah. <laughs> like of the three pitchers we're gonna we're gonna preview for them, he's definitely the most experienced, I think. Um at least against or at least for Lipscomb. Um but yeah, it might have might be off to a rough start this year, but they are playing like we said, Auburn. They played Notre Dame who um, not the same Notre Dame as we've seen the past few years. They're, they're without Link Jarrett, their head coach, who's now at Florida State. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Michael Dunkelberger, uh, I'm pretty sure history is going to tell you that, like, yeah, he's he's going to be a really good pitcher. Um, and 
I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a, a really good weekend right here. Yeah. Um, but uh, just just knowing you know how how we are against left-handed pitchers, um, hopefully we have a few more right-handed bats in the lineup this this time, or at least spread out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a game against Lipscomb. We have Lou on the mound. Um, he gives us our best chance to win on a Friday night, and I'm just. I'm I'm really really glad that this is how it's worked out that he's he's the Friday guy so yeah do, do yeah. you want to do you want to talk about this next one uh, I I know I know you had a little bit of fun with their Saturday starter yeah so um, Saturday uh, we have Ethan Smith he's a right-handed pitcher um, he'll be going against TBD Mississippi State legend um, I don't we're not really sure what the deal there is, Hunter. You said it had might have something to do with a rain delay or yeah, a... it make Sunday make it rained out, so then Saturday would be like seven inning double header. So okay. like if we're thinking about starting Dom, you'd just go ahead and start him since you're not gonna be able to use him in two games this week since it would be a back to back. Yeah. And he wouldn't have the day in between. But also, please don't think about starting Dom. Please, I like, beg you. The TVD insert kind of looks like Dom. I'm kind of scared. If you're gonna do it for like one game, um, I, I would I would think a seven inning game not the worst thing in the world. Um, but I don't want to see Dom as like a normal starter. Um, Itama did have a bad a bad appearance last week, so like um, I, I understand if they're a little bit timid about putting him back out there, but. I mean, I just think we have other options. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm sorry anyway. about like uh, the phone noises going off. Um, oh, so good. so so I have so I have like this Mac in my room now, and I have like iMessage going through it, but it has a speaker on it. But so when I mute mm. my phone, it doesn't mute the computer. <laughs> so so that's, that's why that's happening. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. so. So yeah. Ethan Smith against TBD, like I said, he's a right-handed pitcher. Um, he's been on a few teams that Mississippi State fans might remember. Um, <laughs> you he might was at have Van- heard of them. He was he was at Vanderbilt in nineteen twenty and twenty one. Yeah, so he was uh, two rings. No one. One, yeah. Would have Tennessee thought they had a ring. Yeah, so uh, he was on the national or on the runner-up team that Mississippi State beat in the national championship game uh, for Vanderbilt. Um, very, very limited action those three years at Vanderbilt, though, and so he took his talents um, across the state to Tennessee. Um, I don't think those are across the state from each other. But anyway, um, so he was at Tennessee last year on just another insufferable team, um, and he threw three innings the whole year. Um, somehow he didn't even get in in that um, – 27 to 2 game against Mississippi State. Um, so, yeah, uh, he decided to take his talents across the state to uh, back to Nashville, but this time to Lipscomb. And now he's their Saturday starter. Um, truly has had a rough start to the year, and you're probably starting to see why Vanderbilt and Tennessee didn't need his talents. Um, nine and two thirds, a 9.31 ERA, seven strikeouts to six walks. Um, he gives up uh, just under two walks and hits per inning. Um, he just not that great of not that great of a start to the year. But in, in he his career, pretty... he has thrown a third of an inning against Mississippi State. Really? Mm-hmm. His freshman year. 
Oh, really? Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, he's had one good appearance, and that was against Notre Dame. He went five um, with two hits and a run against a uh, against Notre Dame. Like I said, not the same team as last year. Not the same offense that was um, just rocking Duty Noble Field two years ago. Um, and then last weekend against Auburn, he went one and two-thirds, seven hits, seven runs. So, I mean, he's he's – uh, had had a good outing. He's had a really terrible outing, um, and so just because of that that outing last week, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not their starter on Saturday. But um, that's that's who that's who they're going with for the first three weekends. So that I think that's who we'll see uh, going against TBD. But Sunday yeah. starter, who who you got? Uh, Braden Tucker, uh, right-handed pitcher, will be going against. Uh, don't even think about moving him to Saturday starter. Um, Landon Gartman, um, he is our Sunday guy. It, we not consider it. Is, <laughs> I love that so much. Like, it is the best thing ever. I love my my comp to him just being like an old pickup truck. Like he's he's, he's just, just gonna, gonna get, get it done. He's, he's what if he just goes undefeated on the year? <laughs> We're just golden on sundays <laughs> and like not he's, even like he's, good we just like he's win. gonna give up six runs and then we just win um so tucker is a grad transfer from indiana um he is 18 innings pitched uh three era 13 k's six uh walks 90 mile per hour fastball and likes to pitch to contact best start was at auburn went seven and gave them gave up one run on three hits and that was a really good game uh auburn like Walked him off like right after. No, they hit a three-run bomb after he exited the game. Right. Yeah. So they kind of wasted that really, really. Good, I mean, what kind of Sunday start is that? He's their best pitcher <laughs> statistically on the year, and he's their Sunday starter. My brother so. in Christ, look at Mississippi State. <laughs> Except he's <laughs> not us. statistically the best. Yeah. He's a um, warrior. He's an old pickup truck. <laughs> So I, I'm wondering if that's their strategy, like throwing their quote-unquote ace on Sunday. Um, Wasn't there an just, SEC team that did that a few years ago? I mean, it, I like the strategy. I think it's a it's a fun one. I think Mississippi State should have been doing that last year. But, um, yeah, anyway, I mean, that just to try to salvage a game here and there. And, hey, the, he got wins against Notre Dame and against UIC. Um Jack, but Jack uh, I want to bring something to your attention. Uh, Mississippi State did that last year. Was Cade or something? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Preston Preston was pretty dang good. Either that or he was horrible. Half of his outings, yeah. <laughs> he was either going seven shutout or giving up home or runs. Or going to the seven first four. and giving up ten. <laughs> <laughs> giving up home runs to the first four Ole Miss batters. Um but yeah, um, Braden Tucker, remember the name. Uh, he'll be our demise on Sunday. Don't worry, we got Gartman up. He's going to give up six in a good outing. We have the old Chevy in the bullpen. <laughs> He's good. Um, so yeah, that's what we got. Like I said, not really going to touch on uh, their offense too much. They're going to hit home runs. I, I would <clears throat> not be surprised to see uh, multiple home runs from them in probably each game of the series. Um they, they, that's just what they do, and Duty Noble has proved to be a launch pad. The weather might not be like, might not be the best for that. Kind of gonna be cold and rainy, but um, 
So that, that could help us out and, and will help us out if that's the case. But don't be surprised if Lipscomb comes out just hitting, hitting tank jobs for this weekend. Yeah. Dang, um, the high is like 63. Dang. This is going to be on the colder side. All right. Anyway, some games going on around the country, and this will actually be our last segment because we didn't get any Instagram questions today. Hot so, seat listeners? Hot seat. Going for two followers. Um, not going to not gonna call out any names, but Courtney, come on. Um, so, yeah, games around the country this weekend. Um, pretty much all SEC teams, kind of like, like I said, uh, or all SEC teams are in their final week of, of tune-up baseball because uh, conference play starts starts next week. Um, Ole Miss is the only team playing a Power 5 team. They're playing Purdue. Um, really not a great team, but, I mean, neither are any of the other teams that that, that SEC teams are playing. Um, the only Power 5 conference that starts conference play this week is the ACC, which arguably the best, second-best conference in baseball. Um, they've got undefeated Virginia going against North Carolina. Um undefeated North Carolina State going to Miami, and then Notre Dame and Georgia Tech facing off in Atlanta. Um, three good series there. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what we got. Yeah. You got anything that, else? No, not really. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing happened in Mississippi State world tonight, so I think we're good. No, nothing going on in the other sports. Um, actually, Oklahoma coming to Starkville to play. Softball series this weekend. That is not going to be a bloodbath, right? We should go. Hey, people don't Ian talk Hunter, about how we turned around the softball program. We were early on Mississippi State softball. <laughs> we went to a game, and two years later, they hosted their first super regional. But anyway, I'm not here. To, I'm not here for the credit. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Going for Two with Jack Taylor. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you enjoy another weekend of Mississippi State baseball. We'll be back on Sunday to, I mean, is there like a big show going on or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We sleep in May. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. The dentist is crazy. He knows how to make you smile. I don't think that's what dentists do. Girl, you my dairy queen. The show's over. What are you still doing here? I think they think we're going to talk about some gibberish. They think Luke is getting the shout out.